Lord God, we just come before you, and Lord, we want to continue to worship you and continue to seek you in your word. And as we do, God, I pray you'd speak to our hearts, that you would move upon us and by your Holy Spirit, who's already moving. God, we already feel, feel him. We already sense him, God. Well, fill us more as we open your word. We ask your anointing. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, we're, I know I mentioned we're going to go from 1 Peter to 2 Peter. Last week, we finished 1 Peter. But I was just praying. I've been praying the past two weeks, and I wasn't sure. But this week, I just felt confirmation from the Lord. We're going to take a pause, a little break between the two books. As you know, here at Upcountry Calvary, we study the word verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Well, uh, sometimes between books, I feel led to do things different. And if you've been here long enough, you know we do that sometimes. Well, I really felt led that to take a break before we get into Second Peter and do actually a 10-week series on the Ten Commandments. So we're going to dive into the Ten Commandments. We're going to take each commandment each week. And uh, we're going to just dive into that. I, I, I really it was sparked because in my daily reading, I'm in Exodus and in John right now. And when I came across it, the Lord just kind of sparked my heart about that and how important that we do a study through it. We understand it. And we even understand what it means for us today as Christians, as believers on this side of the cross. So we're going to be getting into the Ten Commandments. Now, I'm giving the Ten Commandments this series a a title. I forgot to put that on the screen. If you guys like, you can. But um, uh, And we'll do it next time too. But I'm giving our little series here, this 10-week series, love again live the 10 that's what it's going to be about love of love again live the 10 so we're going to get into the 10 commandments in that way now i want you to understand why this is in my mind because the first four commandments is it has to do with our relationship with god and and so it's like falling in love with christ again it's falling in love with god and and really focusing in on him and the uh, the, the next six commandments, the last second half of the Ten Commandments, they're about, it has to do with relationship with one another. So the first four has to do with our relationship with God, and the next six has to do with our relationship with one another. And, and it's really, it really is based on love, even though maybe we have different things in our mind, all the commandments, the law of God, all this stuff, or legalism. We're going to be uh, addressing those issues. So, but I wanted to put in your mind that the Ten Commandments is really about drawing us in love for God, love for each other. So love, of, love again, live the Ten. Now, no wonder when Jesus was asked, right, what are the greatest commandments? And, and he put the commandments into two categories. And as, as I said, that's what he did. In Luke chapter 10, verse 2, he's, the first commandment, he said, well, the first is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So that's, that's, that's like the first four. It sums it all up. And then he said, in the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that's the second six there. So that's why love again, live the ten. And here in the Ten Commandments, I think it's important we find out 
about how we are to really live. And we are to live in that love, loving God, loving each other. And the Ten Commandments will find out also who God is to help us know how to live. And how God meant us to live that way because of who God is. I, I like what this Christian writer, Ian F. Shaw, he said this. Christian morality is not the product of an arbitrary God, but corresponds to the way we are made. Then he says this, The Ten Commandments were given by a loving creator who made us and best knows how we function. And I like that. That really speaks to us in what these Ten Commandments are really about. So uh, don't get caught up in, hey, Pastor Rick, isn't this the law? Aren't we past that? We're in Christ now. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to explain that even this morning. As we get into it, you'll see that it really does apply to us even today after the cross, after Christ died and rose again in this age we live in and in our life before the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to get into the Ten Commandments this 10 weeks starting today. And um, I want to start off here. I want to begin, if you can turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus 20. And uh, I want to together read all 10 commandments. I want you to stand. And uh, we're going to honor God with this. So Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to read all the Ten Commandments and then get into the first one. So it begins really at verse 3. We're just going to hit the, the commandments here. So if we can read together, uh, Exodus 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. And then now the second commandment, verse 4, read the whole verse. You shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. All right, skip down to verse 7. You can, you can recite it louder too so I don't feel alone here, all right? Uh, verse 7, the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Commandment number four is verse eight. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Commandment number five, go down to verse 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land and the Lord uh, God that is giving you. Commandment six, verse 13. You shall not murder. Commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Commandment number eight, you shall not steal. Commandment number nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And commandment number 10, verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or this donkey or anything that is in your neighbor's. All right, good job. You can sit down. You know, I was reading about this husband and wife, and they were talking story about taking a trip to Israel. They never been. They wanted to go. They're excited. The church was going. And one day, we're going to do that again as a church. And so this husband and wife were talking story about going to Israel. And the husband said, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be incredible to go to the Holy Land and stand there and shout out the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai. 
Well, the wife replied and said, sure, yeah. But to be honest, it would be better if we stayed home and kept them. Well, some of us, we don't. Some of us don't understand it. Some of us don't, re- don't know what it means to have this in our life. Well, you know what? Together, we're going to learn here. And so as we get into the commandments and as we come in today, we start with this first commandment, which tells us really to keep first things first. And that's the title of our message this morning. As we go over the first commandment, Keep first things first. Now, I know we read verse 3. We're going to back up, and this morning we're going to look at verse 1 through 3. Exodus 20, verse 1 through 3. Now, in this passage that we're looking at, we're going to see three things. Number one, hear God distinctly. Number two, obey God completely. And number three, worship God only. That's our outline. Those are our points also. This is what is going to be revealed to us in the scripture by the Lord God. So we begin here. Keep first things first. Number one is hear God distinctly. Hear God distinctly. And we're going to be covering verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. Let's take a look at that here. I'll read it for you. It says here, Exodus 20 verse 1. And God spoke All these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. We'll stop right here. So we're coming into the Ten Commandments. We're sort of backing, not just zeroing in on verse 3, but we're going to kind of back into this understanding what's going on here. And so we begin with Moses writing this. Now Moses is the author here. We know Moses, the great prophet there, right? And he records God's word here. He's up on Mount Sinai and the Lord is talking to him. And so he says, and God spoke all these words, you guys. I heard it. I'm writing it down. God told me these things. But I want you to zero in on this, that God spoke all these things. It was God who spoke. It's the Lord God of the universe, basically, is the one speaking here. He spoke all. All these words. And so he spoke the Ten Commandments. He spoke actually what is called the Book of the Covenant, uh, Exodus 24-7. He went in into the other laws and into Exodus and what we read in Deuteronomy or Leviticus and Numbers. That was the Lord speaking. And remember here, Moses is now on Mount Sinai and he's receiving this word. And on Mount Sinai, remember, they're at a place All the Israelites are at a place in their life where they have agreed to follow God and become his people. That's why they're there, right? The whole Egypt thing, God took them out. And and here, they're, yeah, we're we're God's people here. We're we're with him. So it was here now at Mount Sinai, God made a stop on the way to the promised land, that he's like, okay, I'm going to give you my word. And so he gives it to Moses, and Moses is writing down, says, look, God spoke all these things. And it's here at Mount Sinai that the people actually were like, okay, we're your people, God. They actually made a covenant, so to speak, a vow to follow God and follow his laws because, you know what, God, we want to belong to you. That's what they were saying. You know, if you take a peek on the 
chapter before in Exodus 19, verse 8. You see what, what led them to this point and led to God giving them his laws. In verse 8, Exodus 19, it says, All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. So Moses comes back to the Lord on Mount Sinai and says, Hey, they want to follow you. They want to make that commitment. They want to do everything that you say. So here then God responds, All right, here we go. I'm going to give you the law. I'm going to give you these commandments. Now, notice where it says God spoke here back in verse 1 of Exodus 20. And God spoke all these words. God spoke. And I want to put in your mind here that it, this means God is the source here. Yeah? It's coming from Him. And as I've been saying, I know you're connecting that and you're saying, oh yeah, God spoke, God spoke. But let me bring this in to support it. God is the source. God is the source. It's not Moses here. Moses didn't come up with, well, you know, I got to put together a sermon and I got to put some things together. Oh, this sounds good. This sounds good. No, it was God who spoke and Moses wrote it down. It was God who dictated it and Moses wrote it down and we have it in our Bibles today. So if God is the source, this is not a person's philosophy, right? This isn't some religion's, you know, way of coming to God. And there was a lot of pagan religions in, in the world at that time. No, it wasn't someone's philosophy or their opinion. Well, you know, I really think this is what life is about. Life is like a napkin. You use it once and you throw it away. No, I, I saw it on a TV show once. But, uh, but it's not that. This is the sources from God. That means it's directly from God. So I want to cement that into your minds. You know why? So here, as we get into this, so here you can hear God distinctly. Yeah? We know the word of God. Yeah, all scriptures breathe of God. Second Timothy 3.16. We understand that. But let's zero in on these Ten Commandments that, you know what? It's God speaking. And we're going to learn how it's re relevant for us today. Some of us think, well, we don't need the laws. I mean, I've talked to people, oh, we don't need them anymore. Uh, okay, let's talk about that. Let's, what do you mean by that, right? There, uh, uh, we, we're not saved by these laws anymore, but it is still important. It's still in our Bibles, and that's why we're doing a series on studying the Ten Commandments. So hear God distinctly. Put cement that in your mind. Trust this is from God, and God wants to speak to you through the Ten Commandments. You know, in a, a, a survey, uh, this was just February 2023. Uh, it was released by the, the Gallup guys and the Knight Foundation. And they reported that trust in media, now the news media, media is so low that in their survey, half of Americans now believe that news organizations deliberately mislead them. A lot of you are like, yeah, I see that. Yeah, we've seen that. We've seen it. I've been watching that since uh, the, uh, the election for Obama. I've seen it deteriorate down and down. Yeah, we've seen that. We've seen that in the pandemic, all of that. The article went on. I thought this was, whoa, that, to say that many Americans believe that there is an intent to deceive there. And we're like, yeah, we see that. And persuade public opinion. In other words, the article said, uh, to push their point of view. 
And we see that. We see it's more propaganda. We see that going on. But let me say this. It's both sides. We have extreme conservatives and the liberals. They're both pushing their opinion. And so I find news sites trying to be more objective. So I I just want the news. You know, I don't want propaganda. I don't want their point of view pushed on me to change what I think. So I, I try and stay balanced and look. I look at everything, read everything. But let me tell you, I say this in contrast to what we're looking here, what the scripture is saying here, you can trust this is the Lord. You can trust that God has put this here. And so we need to hear God distinctly, reverently. We need to honor him. We need to be attentive to what God is speaking to us. So hear God distinctly. Trust this is from God himself. All right, and then verse 2, we read this. Uh, Moses goes on and he quotes God. So here's God speaking. He says, I am the Lord your God. So here God is just stating, look, this is me. I am the Lord God. He I, identifies himself. This is, hey, this is me who you guys know who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, right? We know the story, the beginning of Exodus, the ten plagues, the, 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 last, uh, the death angel and Passover started there and, you know, the Red Sea deliverance. God is like, look, this is me. I'm the almighty God. I'm the powerful one. I'm the sovereign one who took care of you and brought you out to this point at Mount Sinai. I'm God. I'm the Lord God who's speaking here when he says i am the lord that word lord it is the word yahweh i am yahweh and i love how he says next i'm your god i'm the one who loves you i'm the one who takes care of you uh you belong to me i i'm the one who gathered you together and brought you here in this place and kept you safe so god compassionately He's, Yahweh is his covenant name. Yahweh, he has many names, but that's his covenant name, which is like, hey, I'm your God. I'm the one. I want to have a relationship with you. And, we're, and here, here it is. We're going to talk about this through these commandments. You know, we can say today that this same God who saved Israel from the bondage of Egypt and uh, 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 rescued them is the same God who has saved us from our sins in the bondage of sin and rescued us. Yeah, And he's speaking today. So here's God. He's starting to speak. And it's important that we as believers, even to today, to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we hear him distinctly, that we hear God distinctly. That we, it should matter to us what is being said here. It should matter what we're studying here. It should, ma- it should matter. You know why? Because I didn't just say, eh, I'll just do this, you know. I, I prayed about it for weeks, and I really felt strongly the Holy Spirit wanted me to teach this. I, I had confirmation through different ways. So, you know what? Um, we, we all know. I, I need to hear God distinctly. And what we study here in the next 10 weeks should matter to us so we should be listening there's an old story of president franklin roosevelt uh he would always be you know at the head of long receiving lines at the white house and and he 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 complained about that because even though people would come and greet him no one would hear him no one would listen to him 
and no one paid any attention to anything he was saying. So just to prove his point, he tried this experiment. So there was some event, you know, White House kind of thing. He's at the head of the line. There's a long line of dignitaries and special guests and everyone coming through. And so as it started, as the people came to greet him, he would shake the people's hand and he would say softly, he, he would say, I murdered my grandma this morning. Next person came, I murdered my grandma this morning. Next person came, I murdered my grandma this morning. Now, it's written, yeah, I, I read, that he would get responses back like, Oh, great, 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 keep up the good work. Oh, we're so proud of you, Mr. President. I murdered my grandma this morning. God bless you, sir. They didn't hear anything. But it wasn't until the ambassador of Bolivia came, shook his hand, and he heard Roosevelt's words and not moved at all. He replied, I'm sure she had it coming to her. (laughs) Are we hearing God distinctly, you guys? Are, Are we really attentive? Are we really, you know, listening? Are we really in church, like, yearning to hear from Christ like Mary? Not being a Martha, right? Busy about. Sometimes we're busy in our minds. Yeah, you're sitting there. I see you're sitting there, but I see your eyes. They're not here. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, literally words, you know, go in one ear, go out the next. They don't hit the brain. They don't hit the heart. There's something, uh, got to cut that cord, that, that tube right there, right? So let's hear distinctly what God wants to say to us. So keep first things first when you're here. Even in the worship, I'm listening for God. In the, in the word, listen for God. Hear God distinctly. All right, let's go to number two. Obey God completely. Obey God completely. So first of all, we see in verse one and two, hear God distinctly. But obey God completely is the second thing that I want you to see. And we come to verse three now. But I only want to take the two words. It says here, Exodus 20, verse 3, you shall. We'll stop there. Now, in the NLT, I think it translates it really on point. The NLT says, you must. You must. This is a command from God. Thou shalt, right? The old, old King James. You must. We understand. This is a command. It's a command They're commandments, not suggestions, right? It's not 10 commandments. I mean, it's not 10 suggestions. It's 10 commandments. Think of it this way. The same finger, right, that wrote on the wall to King um, Belshazzar, right, and told him that the kingdom's going to end that night. And he's like, whoa, remember that hand appeared and wrote on the wall in the book of Daniel? The same finger that wrote that. The same finger that wrote in the ground in John chapter 8. That was Jesus when the Pharisees came and accused the woman of adultery. And he started writing in the ground. And we don't know, uh, pastors, we guess that, oh, maybe he was listing their sins, the Pharisee sins, the accuser's sins, because one by one they left. And she was left alone. That same finger wrote the tablets of the Ten Commandments. This is God. And so he's writing this down so we know that it is his commandment that we know it is a command to 
follow. We have to follow. We have to obey God in this. John Calvin said this, Nothing is more fatal to us than to refuse to give ourselves in obedience to God. This is what it's about. And it's so true, right? When we're not obedient to the Lord, yeah, it's fatal to us. It, it, it can affect our lives. It can, it can, it, the consequences are, are bad. So understand this. God is with his finger. And I say that that way because if you understand that to require obedience from us is God's right. Right? He's our creator. We're, we're under him. It's his right to require obedience. Obedience is God's right as he's God. He made us. He's our creator. So obey God completely. Obey him. Obey him completely. This is what God wants. This is why right away he's saying this. Moses is writing down that you shall. You must. This is God's desire. This is God's will. This is what God wants. And remember obedience. Just that word obedience is giving up my will to the will of another. That's the essence of obedience, right? I, it's not what I want to do and fighting against what someone else. No. Obedience is giving up my will to another, and another here is God, to the will of this our Lord God. So with understanding this now, you know, obedience is the key here to understand obey god completely is what god is saying here now before we go on you may be asking uh why did god give these commandments why you know why why did he do that you're probably asking that question or maybe you've asked that before well i'm glad you asked because i'm going to answer that question and we're going to see three answers to that question number one is to regard who God is. Why did God give these commandments? Well, first of all, to regard who God is, that we would learn to regard and learn who God is. See, God is the Lord God. He is Yahweh. He's the creator. He's sovereign. He's all-powerful. We need to honor and we need to respect and glorify him. And as we get into the commandments, those things are going to come out. The character, his attributes, we're going to see them start coming out. And we're going to see why it's important to follow God. And just in the sense that we need to be obedient because he's what? He's our creator, Genesis 1-1, right? Uh, he's holy, right? We're going to see God is holy in these commandments. And he requires his people to live holy lives also. To live in godliness. I mean, right, um, we know in the New Testament that in Christ we are to become children of God. Be imitators of our Father. Ephesians talks about that. So there's a lot of his attributes are going to come leaking out here. Um, but one of the ones I want to put out here right now, and, and we could spend weeks on his attributes, and one day we'll do that. We'll do a series on God's attributes and his character. But one of the ones I want you to see is that God is love god is love and so he gave us the commandments you know why because he loves us and maybe you don't see love in the law but god knows what sin does that's why i bring it up god knows what's how sin is going to harm us god knows how sin affects us god knows the consequences of sin that can destroy and damage our life 
So with that, he's giving us commandments to keep us, right, from sin, which is the next one. But we, we understand, right, like, um, you know, we tell our kids, don't play with matches, don't play with matches, right? Don't play with fire, why, you can get burned, right? We tell our kids, hey, don't just run out in the street and, and, and uh, chase the ball, look both ways. We understand there's cars going to cross, right? We, we instruct them, hey, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Hey, you know that knife you got out of the drawer and you're playing with your sister? No, that's a no-no, right? You know, parents, we tell them, don't take the spoon and take, put it in the outlet because you're going to get shocked. That's what I did. But, <laughs> you know, when I was small, right? It, because we love our kids, we give them rules and certain things that, hey, you know, where we want to protect them. So see the Ten Commandments like that in a different way. God did not just give us the law, yeah, to put us down. That God didn't give us the law to like, oh, you restricting what I, what I like to do. No, God gave us this law. Not to leverage us, but because he loved us. Not to leverage us, but because he loved us. So you may ask, why did God give these commandments? Well, to regard who God is. And I would say, first and foremost, think about his love for us. Number two, God gave these commandments to restrain wickedness. To restrain wickedness. We've got to regard who God is and he gave us the commandments to restrain wickedness. Now, see, the law of God helped Israel to know what? What is right and what is wrong? Yeah, Lord, we want to follow you. Yeah, God, we want to be your nation. So God gathers them around Mount Sinai. He says, okay, let's talk about this. Let me give you, let me tell you what really is right and wrong. Let, let me help you with that. He draws a line to what is evil, Right? And what is good, what is, what is wicked, and what is godly. So he's drawing this line so they would understand what these things are as they live their life before a holy God. As they want to follow the Lord. As they want to be God's people. And so he gives the commandments so they would restrain us from doing those wicked acts and, and sins. Uh, it, it keeps us, right? The commandments, if we understand that, it keeps us from doing, you know what, whatever we like do, yeah? Whatever we want to do. Now we know what God wants. And a lot of times what we like to do is not what God wants. The thing is, our sinful flesh is so prone to do evil, right? Because that's our sinful flesh inherited down from Adam and Eve when they sinned. And so left to itself, what are we going to do naturally? We're going to sin. We're going to do wicked deeds. Many years ago, I, I, I was on a mission trip to China. It was, it, was a, it was the most different mission trip I ever, I was a missions pastor. It was, it was the most unique mission trip I ever been on because we went into this communist country. And I remember um, the, the missionary there we supported said, oh, you can bring your Bible, but black it out. I still have my Bible that I took a black permanent pen marker and blacked out holy bible on the cover and the spine and, and everything uh, i remember that and i still have that bible to remind me of this trip it was an awesome trip met uh the missionaries there did a bible study and closed doors uh, curtains drawn windows closed and we had to worship and to whisper uh it was it was it was pretty crazy but one of the things that stands out is that uh outside of beijing we went 
into this this smaller city that they were doing missionary work in. And um, uh, we were riding in this taxi, and it was one of the most scariest moments driving in a car in my life. You know why? Because the taxi driver just went wherever and how over. And there was a line, but it was like invisible to him or something. Yeah? Cross over the other way, cross back, you know, turn right from the left lane and cut off traffic. And it, it was like, I don't know, just, you know, frogger jumping around all over the place. And, and it was so scary weaving in and out of traffic and all that. And you know what? On top of that, so did everyone else. <laughs> it was like all over and everything like, like that. Well, me, I'm so glad no matter how bad people might drive here in America, I'm so glad we have laws, right? <laughs> that, that you got to get a driver's license, you got to pass, you got to understand how to drive. I'm so glad after going through that experience. Well, that's what the commandments do. They help us understand what's right, what's wrong, what God requires, what, what we should be doing. And it disciplines ourselves to follow what God really wants and help curb that raging sinful self inside of us. So why we have the commandments? Well, to restrain that wickedness. So yes, why did God give us these commandments? Well, to regard who God is, to restrain wickedness. And the third thing, and I think this is the most important, He gave us the commandments to reveal our sin and the need for the Savior. To reveal our sin and the need for the Savior. Right, we, we just talked about the commandments it shows us what is right and wrong. What does God say is right and wrong? What's okay? What's not? What's godly? What's wicked? What's evil? What's not? And so it shows us that. But then when we try and live it, we can't live up to it, right? And it shows us and reveals, oh, I can't do it. I, I have sin inside of me. I can't live this perfectly. I mean, let me ask you here. Anyone followed all Ten Commandments perfectly raise your hand i'm not gonna raise my hand <laughs> no so i didn't do example right is there anyone in this room is there anyone online you know who follows all 10 commandments perfectly and what i mean is you have never crossed it you've never broken the 10 commandment none at all None of us can, right? So God gave it to us to help us curb the sin. God gave us to understand, oh, this is what God requires. This is maybe a goal. This is, oh, okay, Lord. But he also gave it to us to reveal that we cannot because of our sinful nature. I mean, this is, this is a high standard. No one comes. At least we know what the standard is. At least we know what is expected, right? And so we try and move that way. Like, you know, when you get a new job, you're given the employee handbook and you kind of understand their policies, procedures. You meet with your boss. You understand what your duties are. And, and you know, most of us, we understand, well, if we do good, yeah, oh, pat on the back. Well, we'll, we'll get that bonus or, or pay raise. Or, you know, if we do bad, well, you might be let go. You might, you might be fired. So those things help us understand that. Well, that's the law. But then God also had another purpose to reveal the sin that is inside us. God gave us these commandments to help Israel know 
when they have sinned. In Romans 7, verse 7, the second part says, Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. Paul wrote that. So in the New Testament, we start to understand why it was given, why it is here. Oh, okay. So if the law shows us we fall short, then it shows us we need help. We can't do it on our own. There's no way. Our works can't atone for our sins, all that. that We need help. Even that, we keep sinning. We need help. We're in bondage like Israel was with Egypt. We know sin breaks that relationship with God. And we can't get to God. We cannot get right with God. So you know what? You and I need help. And we need a Savior. We need a Savior. So, look at this now. God gave the commandments to show Israel their need for a Savior from sin. They just came out of Egypt. They're at Mount Sinai. They're having a meeting. Yeah, we want to follow you. So God, okay, I'll give you this. But, but with that, he's hoping that they would see, God, we can't follow this. What? You're telling us to do this? <gasps> How can I? Maybe at first, yeah, yeah, we're going to go. Trip, fall, yeah. But now they understand. So God gave the commandments to show the Israel their need for a Savior. Just like they've come out of Egypt. They couldn't come out from under the bondage of Egypt and Pharaoh. They needed God to come in. And now they're beginning to see, as far as spiritually, we need a Messiah. We need a Savior. We need to look for God to send the Messiah to save us because we can't. We can't follow these perfectly. You see, God's been weaving that through the history, hasn't he? The prophecies of the Messiah throughout the, the Old Testament. And then like Abraham, Abraham looked forward, right, to that. And that's how he, he was saved. That's what we learned in the, the New Testament. Patriarchs, those who look forward to God's salvation through the Messiah, that's how they are saved. They look forward. And when Jesus came, he died for all of our sins and their sins, and they were able to go to heaven because they looked for Jesus as the Messiah. So at this moment, God is bringing them to this point. Oh, I can't do this. With the laws, he's going to bring them into this point where, Oh, I need a Messiah. And then they're going to look, those ones in faith who understand this, they're going to be looking for the Messiah. C.H. Spurgeon said, The law is meant to lead the sinner to faith in Christ by showing the impossibility of any other way. I like that. So even today, you guys, what we read here, the law, it shows our sin. It shows that we need help. And the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus Christ. And then we come to Jesus and we're saved. And then now, right? Listen, now in Christ, what do we learn? Ezekiel 36, Proverbs 17, the law is written on our hearts. Now it's in us. And as new creations, we want to do it. And as new creations and the Holy Spirit living in us and we're freed from the bondage of sin, now we can live in this manner. Maybe not perfectly, but the cross is there 
to cover our sins. So now, believers that are forgiven, that are new creations, no more is the law supposed to be some external principles pressing down on you from the outside. You better do, you better do. Now, their internal, you know what? Desires. Their internal desires that we want to do because of what Christ has done in us. The laws are written on our hearts. I was like, oh, Lord, we, we love you. We, we see you now. We want to do that. Someone wrote the Ten Commandments as a poem and in this light of our desire to bless God. Listen to this poem as the Ten Commandments, but I, I like this. It touched my heart. It goes like this. Above all else, love God alone. Bow down to neither wood nor stone. God's name refused to take in vain. The Sabbath rest we care maintain. With care, maintain. Respect your parents all your days. Hold sacred human life always. Be loyal to your chosen mate. Steal nothing, neither small nor great. Report with truth your neighbor's deed and rid your mind of selfish greed. I, I like that. It, it's different from, you know, growing up or reading, oh, thou shalt this and that. It's, it's more like, oh, yeah, I want that. I want that. I want to do that for the Lord. That's, that's in my heart. Putting it this way, it, it, it touches my heart. So, so you see these Ten Commandments, it's not some forced thing on you. It's not some heavy legalistic burden to put on you. It, it, it's what we must do, yes, because we want to do it. We must do it from our heart. We're saying, yeah, we must do it because I want to do it. And that, that's something, I'm taking the time because I want to burn that in your heart. I want your heart to burn that. You know, as we go through this, God, I don't want to take it in a legalistic way, in a way that, oh, this is the way I'm saved. No, under Christ, we know how we're saved. We're saved by grace through faith and what His work for us. But now the Ten Commandments are different. They're more like, oh, Lord, I want to do it. I, I, it my life must do this. I got to get my sinful flesh in check. I want to make sure that I'm putting myself under this because I want to. For you, for your glory, because I love you. That's the approach. So put that in your heart. Burn it in your heart as we get into these commandments. Well, we want to keep first things first in this way and why we approach it in this way. Keep that first things first. Hear God distinctly. Obey God completely because of what we talked about. And number three, worship God only. Worship God only. Verse 3, once again, it says, You shall have no gods before me. Okay, you shall. You must have what? No other gods. In other words, you're not to worship no other quote-unquote gods. Now, back then it was common. The world was made up of different people, different countries that had their own gods. They worshiped all kinds of different pagan gods. I mean, think about Egypt, right? Egypt was polytheistic. They had many gods. God of the sun, Ra, or the moon, right? God of the Nile River. And I think all the um, plagues really hit, you know, really went directly against their gods. Uh, they just came out of Egypt. So here's God. Look, there's none of this like you saw in Egypt. They're going through the wilderness. They're going to come across different people groups with their own 
deities or their quote-unquote gods. They're going to go into the promised land and Canaanites have their own kind of gods. So here's God. Look, let's establish this right away. You know, you should have no other gods. Worship, don't worship none of this, this, this stuff that the world blindly worshiped. He's basically saying there's only one true God. Only one true God. And then, and then he says, look, uh, you shall know all the gods, what? Before me. That means in preference to, in competition of. In other words, I'm it. No one else, nothing else. I'm it. You are to only worship me, the Lord God Almighty. William Cowper wrote this, the dearest idol I have known, whatever that idol be, help me tear it down from thy throne and worship only thee. Anything else that you put in preference to God, anything you put between you and the Lord is an idol, is a God. We're going to talk more about the images and stuff in the next commandment. But God is say, saying, look, worship God only. Worship me. No one else, nothing else. Worship God, only me. It's so easy for us as human beings to put a person there, right? We get romantically involved with someone. Oh, Christians, everything. Oh, oh, oh. And I remember I was fighting that when we were first dating. Oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, she's the one. Oh, I want to just be with, you know. I, 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 I really did fight that. And I prayed, God, I don't want this. Lord, take her away, take her away. But Lord, if she's the one. Then keep her there, and God kept her there. It was a test in my life. It's easy, right? Uh, it's easy for us to worship a family member. Maybe your parents, maybe your father or mother. You highly honor, you highly regarded them, you loved them so much. Sometimes we put a person there. Sometimes we put the pastor there. Don't put me there. Because guarantee I will fail you, and I've failed. And it, you know what? Um, God does that, so, so you don't look to me, look to Jesus. Sometimes we put things in there, right? Um, God's saying, worship God only. But sometimes, like, like back then, the pagans in that land, they would worship the, this God named Bacchus. He was the God of wine and, and, and drink. Well, I see that today still, people worshiping that. Or Aphrodite, we've heard of her, right? People were, actually, they were temples of Aphrodite. And they would, she's the goddess of love. And it was all about lust and sex, and they had prostitutes as their priests. Crazy. Well, we see that today, don't we? How about, you've heard this, it's commonly known what Jesus said, you know, mammon, right? There was a god of mammon that people would worship, and that's god of money. That's still going on, right? And we see, like the Egyptians, that god is in everything, Yeah. There was worship back then. Oh, God's in the trees. God's in the plants. God's in the sky and the sun and the moon. That pantheistic thought. God in, is in the animals. I was thinking, you know, that Avatar movie? That's what it's based on. If you really watch it, I mean, it's fun and everything. I don't believe in what it's based on, but if you, that, that's that whole thinking and basis. Or I, I was thinking this, this song I never understood, but later I understood from the Beatles, right? Old song. I am he as you are he as you as you are me and we are all together. And the next line is, I am a warrior. I remember as a kid going, what a strange song. And I remember seeing a video of walking around like, 
you guys really are on drugs, cuckoo, right, or whatever it went, right? But it was based on that thing, and God is here, God is there, and we're all, you know. The Lord is saying, worship me only. Worship God only. What do we see today, and it's been prophesied in 2 Timothy 3 too, lovers of self, right? People can be lovers of self. What is going on today? It's drifting into our churches, drifting into our own main mentality even too, making about me, yeah? Uh, lovers of pleasure, 2 Timothy 3, 4, right? We're all into pleasure. Oh, that's the most important thing. Not about, well, it's church pleasurable. I'm not going because, hey, it doesn't please me, yeah? It's all about me and lovers of pleasures. This, um, <laughs> I was listening, uh, a pastor friend uh, was kind of annoyed in this car in front of him, not driving too well. And he pulled up behind it, and there's a bumper sticker that said, if it feels good, do it. And he got this urge to crash into his car and to come and just crash into his bumper, into the rear. He didn't, but he was just picturing, if I crashed into his car, and his, the guy comes out, well, why'd you do that for? He goes, well, if it feels good, do it. Right? Who is our God? God of fashion we worship? God of popularity? God of possessions? God of sports? How about that? Yeah? How many people I talk to and they say, oh, my church is the golf, golf place, you know? Or I see, hear guys in the water, oh, I, I don't go to church. My church is the ocean. Yeah, what are you worshiping there? God is saying, worship God only. Now, let me give you a flip side to this. On the other side is, there's a flip side. When you do not have any other, quote-unquote, gods in between, you know what you get? You get God, right? You get Him. You get God Himself. When you reject the other gods, which is this negative, no other gods, you get the positive. You get God the creator. You get God the sovereign one. You get the God the, the one who loves you and has grace upon you. You get all of God. You get God intimately involved in your life. And I don't want, I don't know about you. That's a great trade-off. I mean, how many of these idols, these gods really benefited you? Yeah? You guys know. You've been through it. But who has really helped you? Jesus. Jesus. And when you start getting your life together and you come in church, you're seeking God, you're reading your Bible every day, you're praying, things start coming together. You see God work miracles in your life. You see God intimately involved in answering your prayers and speaking to you. You see yourself growing and becoming a better person. You get God. You get all this. When we have no other gods, before him and you just worship God only we got to follow this first commandment we got to obey we got to make our flesh obey no no other gods we want to obey completely totally and when we do we'll find love the love of God again yeah like our title of this series love again we'll be loving him again and we'll be able to live the ten and so as we come to a close like joshua 
said to the Israelites in Joshua 24:15. Joshua stood before people of Israel. You know, he took over from Moses, right? And he said, choose this day whom you will serve. He could have said, choose this day whom you will worship. Who is it going to be? Yourself? These other little gods of materialism or fashion or some, someone or some other philosophy or, or religion? Who will you worship? Who will you really put in priority? Take away, you guys, those things that are in between you and God. They got to move. They got to be second, third, fourth, wherever that lands. But God has to be number one, no matter, no matter what it is. I'll close with this. Um, there was one man who became president of the United States for one day. Did you know that? In history, for one day. He was Senator David Atkinson of, uh, Atchison of Missouri. Just for one day, he was president. You see, President-elect General Zachary Taylor refused to be sworn in on March 4, 1849. I guess that was the, the inauguration day. So the, the senator took his place for one day until uh, the general's inauguration, which was moved to the next day, March 5th. 1849. So this general didn't want to get inaugurated that day. Uh, uh, it had to be the next day. And so this, this senator was president for one day. Why? Why was that? Why did the general wait till March 5th, not on March 4th, where, when it was regularly done? Can you think of anything more important than becoming the president of the United States? Well, the general did. There was something more important. Because March 4th was Sunday. And what was more important for General Zachary Taylor than becoming present was going to church and worshiping God. I love that. I love that. May that speak to our hearts. Because that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like when you have no other gods before me. And this is what God says to us today. Keep. First things first. Let's pray. Matter of fact, let's all stand. God, as we stand before you right now, we stand for you, God, in honor of you. And I have everyone stand because I want you to know, Lord, that in me and our church, Lord, and as I pray, I represent our hearts here. Lord, we want to honor you. We want to glorify you. We want to make our life about you, not about us, not about me. We want what the Word says to affect us and how we are to live for you, not find things in the Word that will support my lifestyle. God, <clears throat> you speak. You're our creator. We're, we're your, your creation. Who are we? How can, how can this clay say to the potter, hey, I want this. I don't like that. No, Lord. We stand before you to honor you and say, God, your word is, is, is higher than our thoughts and what's in our heart and what our emotions may feel. Your word is higher than anything else than what we read today and learned. And the first commandment, God, we don't want, want to have no other gods before you, Lord. You're our number one. <clears throat> You're the one we worship. 
And so, Lord, as we come before you, our great and awesome Lord, Lord, we, we lift you up. We sing to you. In our minds and in our hearts, we give you all the glory, and we say, God, we love you first. And Lord, I pray for anyone here at the, or the sound of my voice, God, online or podcast, that <coughs> if you aren't first in their life, God, may they return to their first love. May they return and worship you once again. Because like it or not, you're our creator. You made everything. You are Lord God. And you want us to worship you and put you first. And we want to love you, God. So help us today, Lord, to return to you, to do what we know is right, to exalt you and put you first in our life. Thank you, Jesus. So see us standing, Lord. Be blessed and be pleased. In Jesus' name, amen.